Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, the one, the only Tony Casillas. TC, what up? What up with you, man? I'm doing great. Um, it's Tuesday. Uh, it's, it's a great, uh, great start of the week so far. Um, so, uh, actually got a chance to play a little golf yesterday on Martin Luther King Day. So, uh, life is good. So, um, I want to say off the top, I told Tony before we started recording, my wife's out of town. The dog is pissed off. Um, so this is a light and casual edition of the 750. <laughs> this, if, if at, he just barked, I don't know how right. powerful my microphone is. Um, so he, Bear is really upset. Um, I tried to calm him down. It's just, it's really windy outside. So that's, that's where he comes from. Um, Tony, I did want to ask you before we started talking football and everything, I thought of this question. I asked some friends, what is something, um, cause we're super deep into quarantine coming up on a year, almost, um, something that was in no way a part of your life before quarantine that now you would consider a major part of your life. So I'll give you an example. I have a, a buddy, um, that I don't think had ever cooked a thing in his life. Like I, he, you know, fast food all the time, whatever, right. and started grilling early on in quarantine, bought right. a, bought a Traeger. I mean, like went completely all out. <laughs> and now like he grills and smokes every day. Um, so that's something like that's become a big part of his identity that had nothing to do with his life prior to quarantine. Like I mean, maybe you don't have something like that, but I was just curious if you did, as I, I will also be hopping on and off of mute because of, of the pup, but go no, ahead. It's, it's all good. We all had those distractions as life. Um, so yeah, he's, he's basically the grill master, which is not a bad thing considering, you know, when you grill, you don't have to, doesn't, you don't, you don't have to, doesn't mess the kitchen up. You don't have to clean up the mess. I get all that. Mine would probably be playing games like Jen. I never played Jen uh, until the pandemic started. Uh, I always get my ass kicked by my wife. It's something that you know, she takes uh, pride in that. Uh, I, I would say something I probably didn't do as much, but I I, I like to spend time uh, doing it. And that's spending time more time with my family. Good. Good. Uh, Good have my kids at home more often, um, which is which kind of sounds uh, a little cliche-ish, but I don't think we all, you know, we don't spend as much time with our families much. Um, but I'd say playing more uh, games and just stuff that I never did before, it took time to, to do. And um, so I think that, I think that would be the top of my head. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned meals. We do these, uh, you order your meals and they deliver it home and it's got all the ingredients and everything. Right. Uh, which is simply fresh. And uh, I've been doing a lot more of that. Uh, probably, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, yeah. not just one, uh, the things we don't do. And probably just more spending more time cooking and being more staying at home and doing that, which sure. I didn't do before. So you said gin, um, a game that I had never played prior to quarantine. My mom made us play this uh, when we went over to their house um, is Mexican train. I don't know if it's called anything else anywhere else. Have you ever heard of this? It's a no, domino I'm not game. familiar with that one. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's um, a game I played a lot when I was in college and college station is called 42. It's a really fun mm -hmm. domino yeah. game. Um, this is called Mexican train. It's a little bit different, uh, but it's, it's fun. It's uh 
I, I, I would imagine, I don't know, but it's probably great if you have like eight to 10 people, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, we made it work with four. And so uh, something, and I did want to give a shout out here. And I, this is a more of a recent development for me is reading. I'm almost done with, um, with shoe dog, Phil Knight's memoir about his rise yeah. to fame in Nike. But Tony, we had a, a message. I got a message on Instagram from a loyal listener said he loved the 750 and he wrote a book. And uh, if you're watching, um, I'm showing this to Tony on our Zoom call. Uh, he wrote a book that's called The Iceman. Uh, James, Love the name. Love the title. James Massey. I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, remember a few weeks ago I said my goal was to read some more and, and specifically read fiction and, you know, not as many football books and stuff like that. Right. Um, this is the plot on the back. In post-war Chicago, a humble ice delivery man discovers that his son was struck by an unremorseful drunk driver. Despite the challenges of a police cover-up and the celebrity status of the culprit, he refuses to be denied justice. The Iceman will stop at nothing, even if that means going toe-to-toe with the heavyweight champion of the world. So I'm excited to dig into this. Tony, I got you a copy as well. Uh, so well, I'll get that over you. to you. Uh, but that, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds like a great, uh, a great book. And uh, I think that that's something I always wish I would have did more as far as reading. I, I think my whole deal is I start so many books and I get ADD and I get, you know, my mind starts, you know, wandering. And that's the hardest thing about reading it. And reading, you just got to put yourself, just put yourself in the element. And, right. uh, you know, I think, and also we read books, it's just kind of like mindless or suspenseful or something. You don't have to, you know, something that's, right. you know, it's like reality TV, the book, the, all the programming watch. You just want to get away from our world we live in now because sometimes it can be really toxic so good for you man well, nice man i love the name yeah so reading is uh something i'm spending a lot more time on and i've obviously played a lot more golf tony's wearing a shirt that says make par not war um so <laughs> i that love is, this shirt that is the plan um so making <laughs> pars uh hopefully uh, i've dialed in the driver but that's a conversation for a different day so it's really helping me out and i'm really excited about it um Did you, before we get started uh, into some football playoff football because that's what we're talking about now have you watched the tiger documentary on hbo have you, have you heard about it and read about it so I mean, it's unbelievable obviously i've heard about it and read about it and i got turned off at first when it first because it was two parts um that came out you know um, yeah it's pretty on, compelling right um i got turned off at first because there was a line of logic that it wasn't super accurate. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't give it a a shot at first. I haven't watched it yet, but having seen the reviews from the second part, I do think I'm, I'm willing to watch it. So you would recommend it. Yeah. And and I know the tiger, I, my son, he, what we both watched it said that obviously he came out and said he was going to come out with a book now and kind of refute uh, what the, you know, the truth and what's true and what's not true. But look, I mean, I think that it, it, it gets into more just, uh, and I don't know what his relationship with his father was and the whole, you know, building this, you know, this, this, uh, this crazy uh, athlete and this golfer, this, you know, the, the Messiah, if you will. Uh, but I think it's interesting. I, I, I think it's pretty compelling because it really is riveting when you look at his life. And I don't know, I, I, it doesn't change my thinking or, or my perspective of Tiger. I love Tiger. He's human. And I think that, I think that people understand that and it's just something that's really intriguing. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely recommend it. Okay. Well then truth or not true. I'll, I'm going to give it a, a watch. Yeah. Um, it's not super high on my priority list just because again, I mean that, that fact, but is kinda... that because, because you, you, 
you just don't want to fall into no, the no, ball of grace and no, the way not they at portray all. Him, or is it what, 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 what? Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I would like, I would love more than anything for, to see that story. Right. But, um, and, and bear obviously agrees. Um, I've got several tiger books, but those are generally more about the rise. Right. I, I have no yeah. issue. You know, it's, I'm not like, Oh, I don't want my perception of yeah. tiger compromise. That's not where I'm coming from. I just, and I understand like Tiger's team saying, oh, it's not super accurate. You know, obviously they don't want to come out and be like, this is totally accurate. This is exactly how it happened. But um, I just, you know, I, I'm guess I'm, I'm hesitant to buy like whether that's exactly the way it all unfolded, but it's certainly worth watching. And, and I'm, I'm glad that that is now the general perception and perspective so that I can watch it and say, you know what, this was worth watching. So I'm going to yeah, watch it because, yeah. because TC recommended it. Um, <laughs> but so Tony, I am, um, I tweeted a screenshot of an Instagram post on Monday. Um, it was an Instagram post uh, off of SportsCenter, uh, and they shared a tweet. So lots of social media in this going on here. It was a tweet from the NFL memes account, which obviously makes fun of different things, noting, uh, thank you, Bear, appreciate it, uh, that Tom Brady has been to now one NFC championship game since 1997. Tom Brady, who spent like a billion years with the New England Patriots and the AFC. Thank you again, Bear. Um, Tom Brady, unfortunately, in that time frame since 1997, has been to the NFC championship game now with the, you know, birth the, the Buccaneers have more than the Dallas Cowboys. You liked this yeah. image. Um, I thought it was funny, obviously. Um, and Dak Prescott, I'm sure you saw, had a comment uh, where he tagged Zeke and said, hold my crutches. Uh, seemingly saying, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to fix this, whatever. Um, do you think the Cowboys can fix this? Whatever, because now we have four teams left. The Buccaneers are one of them, obviously visiting the Green Bay Packers, the Bills and Chiefs on the other side. Are the Cowboys anywhere near any of these four teams? You know, like the Dak comment was fine. And I'm not trying to make fun of it, but it was fine and fun and, you know, hopeful, whatever. Um, but I mean, a year from now, is it really possible that we're talking about them being among these final four? Well, let's start with the Buccaneers. Defensively, the Buccaneers really just stepped up. I mean, you look at how they played against, you know, a really prolific offense, a Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees. I mean, they, they stepped up and made the plays. And then you look at the defense. I mean, they were number one against the run this year. So they're, the Cowboys aren't close to them because of just the fact that they're right. a new defense coordinator. Uh, so I'm going to give uh, – that's going to be a, a, a no on, on that team. And then you look at the Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and, until Dak Prescott can, you know, continues his, his rehab and gets back on the field, um, I don't if – you're, if you're doing it from a 1 to 10, the scale of 1 to 10 and 10 being the, the highest, the closest to it, I'll give him a six with that. With the Bucks, and then we look with the Bucks. Well, yeah. no, the, the Bucks. I'll give him a six, and then when I look at the Aaron Rodgers, I'll give him a six also. All uh, the other two AFC Championship teams, uh, you know, Buffalo. I mean, they're another team that's playing really well. I mean, hey, look, I, I think that the the Cowboys can have a very good offense, but defensively, I think they're closer probably to Buffalo than they are to the other two teams. If that makes sense just because of the nature of those two quarterbacks with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, he seems ageless. I mean, just phenomenal what he's done. Uh, in Kansas City, look, they're just one concussion away. I mean, that was just an amazing 
uh, game. It was an amazing call by Aaron Bieniemy or Andy Reid. Andy Reid probably had the final so, but that the say, but that play that he made and dialed up and, and to go for it and throw a pass and when everything's on the line was remarkable. Uh, I think they're probably a, a seven or eight. I would say a five or six uh, on a scale of one to ten. Um, those there's two different. There's just a couple of different. The categories of being the you know closing in or, or it's it's hard to measure because they have have haven't been consistent. Obviously, last year and the year before were a, a little better. Um, it's hard for me to imagine after this last year, and, and because of the injuries to Dak Prescott, the year before they were a lot closer than they were last year. Obviously, because of the injuries. But uh, if that makes uh, if that kind of qualifies my decision, I think it's kind of. Uh, the one that uh, for all four teams, I get an average of maybe a five and a half. It's, that's how close the Cowboys are on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest. I think that um, the one to 10 metric is a great way to kind of describe <laughs> this bear, dude. It's cool, man. I know hey, this is really testing your, 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 the, your focus, man. It's a broadcaster because look, man, I mean, that's, you start hearing things you're doing fine. I don't even hear the dog. He's um he's very ups- again. It's really really go windy. Feed him. Go go feed him. Throw him a biscuit. Um. So I I like the one to ten situation. Um. Right. I the, I want to talk about the Andy Reid play call in a second because I have something to say that I kind of don't totally believe in. Um. But that I will get there in a second. Um. There's there's no way that Dak's going to be tra- Patrick Mahomes, right? Like so in in that se- a healthy Patrick Mahomes. So in that mm-hmm. sense, it's kind of hard to compare right. anyone to KC. Josh Allen is right now dealing at an unbelievable level and Buffalo's mm-hmm. defense stepped up. And I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't have any, I mean, we'll see what Dan Quinn brings to the Cowboys and not trying to poo poo that right away, but I don't have faith right now that he can do what Leslie Frazier did in stopping Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't have any faith in anybody doing that with the Cowboys from a defensive coordinator standpoint. Um, the Packers are just an overall well-oiled machine. I think that that's, the the team they can maybe most become like um just because the packers have an elite offense right they have one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl one of the best running backs and obviously the best wide receiver in Devontae adams and so their success is built on on piling up points offensively but two years ago after they fired mike mccarthy they finally decided to invest on the defensive side of the ball in Darius smith and preston smith and so if the cowboys in, invest similarly like that's that's the team they can most become like i i think if if that makes sense mm-hmm. um the bucks are just kind of a, a unicorn i think i do believe um and i i know some people will disagree with this but Right now, Patrick Mahomes is obviously better than Dak Prescott. Right now, Josh Allen's better than Dak Prescott. Right now, Aaron Rodgers is better than Dak Prescott. If In terms of who they are as quarterbacks in the year 2021, when Dak Prescott is healthy, I, I think he's better than Tom Brady. And that's not to say, like, career-wise, whatever, just who they are today, I think I would take Dak over Tom. But, again, we're splitting hairs, whatever. Um, I want to get – well, I don't know. Do you think that's the stupidest thing you've ever heard, first of all? Well, I, when you look at the game against the, the Saints, I don't. When you put Dak in that element, it's it's hard to really compare uh, because Tom Brady, yeah, he didn't make mistakes. He did right. put up really fascinating numbers, but he's able to. You know, the thing they're able to do is cap cash in on the turnovers. And that's and the thing. Oh, yeah, if, if, if Dak at, had a defense, yeah, exactly. If if Dak's defense was yeah, giving him short able, fields and everything over and over again, I, my point yeah. is I have just as much confidence in him being able to execute as I do Tom Brady right now. 
And I understand that you're you're not looking at the whole resume of what Tom Brady's done because it's not in comparison right now. But right now, when Dak is healthy, I guess I'm a little old school. I think I'd now if you know that's a that's kind of I I I I, I love Tom Brady. Um, I love it's amazing what he's doing. Um, but if you gave me a guy that's in his prime to compare to 43 year old Tom Brady, I would probably have to go with Dak Prescott. But then right. part of me just it kind of over his record and his resume overshadows what he's done. Right. I would say I, that's a good argument. You take Dak Prescott. I mean, he's you know he's he's definitely a younger and he's got a little bit upside because of his age and the, his you know his potential future. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So um, I want to make my Andy Reid point, but before I do, I'm curious if, because when you played, I feel like people didn't know as much about um, their approach to diet. I heard Troy Aikman on the Dan Patrick show on Monday talking about how he wished he had approached, you know, his dietary regimen the way Tom Brady does. Obviously he, he jo- actually, I think this was last week. I forget what show it was on, but he was on the Dan Patrick show on Monday. And he talked about how, when he was playing, maybe, maybe you were a part of this at one point, he said that he had a routine, but like every like Tuesday was like pizza day. And he said like every Wednesday was like Chinese food day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly not the diet that Tom Brady has been on. Would you have approached your diet differently? It's, it's a different position. I realize. like you, your job was to stay bigger. Um, but would you have done, done that differently? At least do you think if, if more information had been known when you were playing? Um, I probably wouldn't have gone out as much. I think for me, I, I would go out during the week and I'd have a, uh, I mean, one, at least once a week during the season and right. not get crazy. Uh, you know, my whole deal is I had to keep weight on and sustain right. that. And I wasn't, uh, yeah, I was a, a big, strong guy, but I was pretty much undersized. So for me, I could, I had an excuse for anything, but now the diet's, it's totally different. I mean, you could, you could eat the right foods, but when you have, you know, when you love sweets and someone puts a, a, a piece of cheesecake in front of you and you're trying to stand a diet, you're like, okay, I'm going to have a piece of cheesecake. Now, Troy, to his point, Troy was always in great shape. I mean, he's a big dude and you could never, you never would know that he was, uh, not, wasn't eating right. Uh, but I think that Tom Brady has taken it to a whole different level as far as nutrition. And I think he's really kind of a freakish dude that can continue to do what he, he does now because I think a lot of that has to do with genes. I think really it's, it's who you are and how you can sustain. And yeah, you can't just tear your body down. You can't eat a bunch of crap and 
food and everything. But, uh, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline. And to do what Tom Brady has done and comparing to some of these other guys that just eat well. I mean, I had guys that dieted and did everything the correct way and went to the gym. And they were the ones that were in their training room most of the time. So it's a good argument. But I think as you get older, yeah, in your 40s and now in your 50s, yeah, you really have to look back and say, you know, I had to take care of myself. But then you got to take care of yourself when you get extended, like when you get to 34 and then 40, right. then you got to start really trying to start being cognizant of what you're doing to your body. What's the most shocking thing you saw from a dietary standpoint? Like, and I mean, like the opposite end of the spectrum, like somebody ate like five Whataburgers. Like what, what's the most like insane eating thing you saw during the NFL? Uh, the offensive lineman, I think. But like, that, put that, put uh, a number on it. Like, what did they? What was? What did they well, eat? That, like, let, me, let me tell you. Let me tell you a real, uh, uh, you know, something that happened when I could eat. When I was a senior in in high school, this is a true story. I was uh, in a track meet, state championship up in Oklahoma City. I lived in Tulsa, East Central High School, and we went to we went to the state track track meet. And I was a shot putter and discus thrower, and I actually did pretty good. I not to toot my horn, but I was runner <laughs> up in state. Um, but anyway. We stopped at the steakhouse called Cattle Rustlers. It's all you can eat. It's like, you know, it's a it's a it's steakhouse, a version of you going is all you can eat Chinese places. You know, right. it's not the like best. a like it's a golden a of, corral type thing. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of food, but but the steaks are good. I had ten little fillets, and I believe they were like eight ounces. This is a two story. God, and I, this yeah, this so this is this is a eight. I believe it's eight eight uh, six or eight steaks. Uh, Four, five baked potatoes. Holy cow. Uh, yeah. Salad. And, you know, these little loaves of bread that you get, the miniature loaves that are hot, you put butter on. Yeah. I must have had a dozen of those. It's a true story. So wow. I could eat. Now, when I got in the NFL, I really – Troy, they used to come in on a Wednesday, Thursday, so Tom Thumb would carry the food, and they'd bring, like, you know, uh, deli sandwiches and sure. and then then Efratelli's would bring or a, a glorious pizza or whatever it was they'd bring pizza, but I see a couple of, I'd see guys take two pizzas, like whole pizzas, the, whole pies, whole pizzas, yeah. Wow. And I'm like I'm like dude, you know, look, everyone else has got to eat, and I'm like I look over there and two, uh, Nate Newton would have two large pizzas. I'm like dude, man, that's why you weigh 400 pounds. Wow, that's <laughs> I don't know. Two pizzas, like, I feel like I could. Like two large pizzas. Like, we're talking about the, you know, these are like 18-inch, you know, the the big pizzas. Right. The, like, you know, this big. You know, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's like twice the size of my head. Just like, you know. and Oh, and then one, the nutrition week day was when, I think it was Smoothie King. They started bringing the smoothies. But it wasn't just one. Guys would have like three or four of them, you know, the 32-ounce Smoothie King smoothie. So... <laughs> <laughs> that sounds but i mean oh, you're talking about offensive line right all right defensive line compared to you know troy is a quarterback he's not every he's he's six four he's 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 not gonna be prone to being overweight i mean nothing against troy and not to knock on tony romo but he troy didn't have tony romo body sure <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Troy, Troy was, I've, I've heard Rich Darrymple say this. But it didn't really bother Troy. It didn't, it didn't really affect Tony. Tony was, uh, right. you know, he, and, and maybe Tony Romo, when you look at him, maybe he would have been the gym more. Maybe if he'd have worked out a little bit more and kind of had that Tom Brady regiment, maybe he wouldn't have been hurt as much. I, don't I, know. Uh, I once heard Rich Darrymple say that Troy looked 
like somebody built a statue to the quarterback position and and just kind of had that build like the you know the, oh he's just a big dude right and so yeah but i uh i i know and also to and we'll move on and the, the greatest story about this is that on uh on the road trips the rookies who made the rookies uh, stop at the Coppell deli i don't know if you ever heard of this place so you have to google it so what they would do is that they had this sandwich called the Stubbs Special. And Daniel Stubbs used to play for the Miami Hurricane and with, when Jimmy was there while he was coaching. He, uh, they created the sandwich whenever Daniel came to the Cowboys. So what it was, RJ, I'm not, you know, I'm not fabricating this. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> it, was, it was five pieces of sausage, oh my God. Uh, scrambled eggs, bacon, and between two Texas pieces, the Texas toast, you know, the big square one, Texas toast. So it was basically a heart attack in between two pieces of toast. And they would stop and they would get us, the, again, we'd make our rookies stop and get, and they'd, get, they'd bring them and give them to us uh, for the road trips when we got on the plane. That and the burgers. They used to have the Nate's burgers. And if you ever get back, the Coppell Deli, so I'll take you over there. It's, uh, it's, about, it's about an eight-inch burger and and, and i'm if you guys are watching this it's probably yeah eight inches had three i think it was a triple um i think it was a triple or double uh bacon five pieces of cheese uh in a greasy greasy version of it tremendous and the tater tops big old bag full of them but yeah that's kind of that kind of puts in perspective what you should do of all you had an excuse back then you know you had to you know, you got paid for being eating bad and keeping sustain your weight. Sure. Of all the things you described, um, I think <laughs> sounds the, pretty good, huh? Well, the least impossible. <laughs> like if, if I had to pull off one of these, the least impossible I think I could like if I didn't eat for the whole day, I think I could eat two pizzas. Like that that seems yeah. the easiest of all of them. Um, maybe the smoothies. Actually, the smoothies is probably the easiest, but that doesn't really count. Um, man alive, <laughs> goodness gracious. Um, well, shout out to um your your high school track days, because that sounds that Boy, sounds pretty effective. Uh I, I I can't eat like it, but I I have my version of 300 man in me sometimes and some it, it can't come out. Right on. Um okay. I like that. The last the last thing I'm gonna say today, um, and I don't totally, I'm, I'm sort of workshopping this idea as I say it. The whole world went crazy. Tony Romo himself, you mentioned Romo, um, on Andy Reid's fourth and inches call, right? This, oh this, no, Jim, Jim, that, look at that call, Jim. Oh. It was oh, amazing. And I, 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 I catch a lot of heat for this. I don't, I don't think that Tony is the best color commentator in the game. I, I actually think that Chris Collinsworth's better. And I think in a lot of ways, Troy is better, but... I do believe that that moment, that fourth and inches, nobody can do that except for Romo. His his yeah. his wheelhouse is very special. And so obviously it was awesome. Uh, but that's a different conversation. But so everybody lost their mind, right? How can Andy Reid throw it out of the gun on fourth and inches, whatever? Call. It is a crazy call. And I'm not saying that Mike McCarthy is Andy Reid. That's not my point. But we've seen a level of aggression from Mike McCarthy. Right. And sometimes, and sometimes it's, it's misplaced, right? Like the fake punt on Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. whatever. But my point is like, he's got that, that I don't say element, but he's, you know, he's, dr he's driven around that neighborhood. You know what I mean? He's driven around at Christmas yeah. time and looked at the lights. And so I, I think that that's, 
that should be said. It, like my point is Andy Reid's not the only aggressive head coach or play caller in the NFL. He's obviously the best. And again, there's a large gap between him and Mike McCarthy, but that is something that people have criticized Mike McCarthy for. And I think like that's, I don't want to say it's a sign of optimism, but I think that, I think that Mike McCarthy is maybe closer to that than people think is maybe the, the best way to say it. Well, I think that you have to, I mean, look, I, uh, at that point, um, you got to have confidence in the call. You got to have confidence in the quarterback and whoever it is, your backup or, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Still, it's a, to me, that's a low percentage play <laughs> considering the circumstances. And maybe it, it you know, maybe it, it, the perspective as it is, but and when you've done it so many times, it may not be. Um, but I, I think that that's, that's part of the coaching that, that, that separates really tremendous coaches from average coaches. Because they're willing to to really uh, put the the ball in the in, in the player's hand, like okay, I believe in you, go make the play. And then once you make it and you create that, it's a uh, it, it's just all about execution. And I think people have a lot of respect for that because the next time they play him, they're thinking, okay, well we've seen this this happen before. You know, what are we gonna? I, I think that that's one thing that coaches do. They compartmentalize a lot of different things. They keep that in their archives, and then you watch someone's film and circumstances, you know, and whenever that comes again. And then and you, you may not make that call. But I think just the confidence of Andy Reid, because look at him on the sideline. Does he look like this really gunslinging type of play caller? I mean, he, and it, whoever it is. I mean, I'm just right. saying. I mean, look at him. You're like, he looks really – he'd be really conservative. And yet some of the plays that he comes up with and this offense that he's created – there's not any other teams that can emulate that right? because they are so crazily, if that's even a word, talented and explosive. Right. Um, I, I mean, I agreed. Andy Reid is so special. And I, again, not that Mike McCarthy is Andy Reid, but I'm just saying, give, give Mike some time, give him Dak Prescott. And I, I think, it, yeah, I mean, I, and to, to the point, I mean, we saw, you know, we saw Mike McCarthy's offense, call it Kellen Moore, if you want be, still a bit of a gambler even with Andy Dalton remember in the in the final game of yeah. the season when they mm -hmm. let Andy you know zone read that bad boy you know on, on a critical fourth right. down and so that's all I'm saying like that you know Mike McCarthy's but, not as but far away but it's it's kind of a catch-22 though RJ you know this if it, if it had not worked then people right. are like why the hell did you call that sure okay it's like Patrick Mahomes why are you running an option right people are like oh, if they would have lost the game everybody would have been pissed off at Andy Reid because yeah. they why are you, you know, running this let, guy who's got a hurt yeah, ankle yeah totally right right so you know that's just the way it works if it works you're the, the greatest coach in the world my it doesn't uh, my final thing because I, I agree with you my, my final yeah. thing before we get out of here um I'm surprised nobody connected these dots. I know it was only the division around, but the Patrick Mahomes, Chad Henney thing felt a mm -hmm. lot. And I'm sure you would agree like Bernie Kosar coming in for Troy in the 93 title game. The, you know, we will win this game three inch bolt head. Like it was kind of yeah. the exact same thing. Like the star quarterback going down, defending Super Bowl champion quarterback going down, defending Super Bowl MVP and the wily veteran coming in, you know, and incidentally it was Bernie Kosar of our people and, and the Patrick Mahomes thing happened against the Browns but that was kind of cool I mean I, I just hadn't thought about that in a while well it's a tremendous game and I think that you defensively Kansas City finally came through at the very end and there's so many crazy calls in that and uh, but yeah ultimately I think defensively and you I mean it's going to happen I mean you have to that's why you you pay the backup quarterback and you know Chad Henney I 
I forgot he was even in the league. I, honestly, I thought he's – and I had to think of register, but he's had some experience. But, yeah, that's uh, – those things happen. And you hopefully you can have a strength uh, category that kind of, you know, can carry you. And look what Kansas City – defensively, they couldn't stop the, the, the Browns all game long. And then the last fourth quarter, they came up with some major stops. And, uh, and that, that huge play, man, was just amazing. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. Andy Reid – Greatest of all time, brother. <laughs> I, uh, I've heard Troy say this before, but in, in the Monday appearance I referenced on the Dan Patrick show, he talked about that 93 title game. He, he has said this before again, that he doesn't remember it. Um, but, um, but I'm curious if you can recall this, Tony, since you were there. Uh, Bernie Kosar threw nine passes. How many did he complete? Um, I think he was uh, <laughs> five or Five of nine. Look at that. He completed five passes. Okay. Wow. That was a hell of a guess. (laughs) I figure if I go like 50 or 45%, I'd have a pretty good chance of guessing. I know it was was efficient enough. All I know. He threw one touchdown in the game. And I'll give you a clue. It was a 42-yard touchdown. He had 83 passing yards. And if 42 came on this touchdown play, who caught it? Um, Was it Jay Novacek? It was not Jay Novacek. All right. So it was either Kev, was it Kmart, Kevin Williams? It was not. All right. So Michael Irvin? Wrong. Alvin Harper. That's right, dude. Alvin Harper Alvin made Harper. a living out of big-time touchdowns in yeah. NFC title games. You yeah. should know that. Yeah. Come on. 42-yard touchdown from that's Alvin Harper. That's a long time, man. That's, that's like Troy. I don't think I remember that game. Uh, um bernie um again some of this is is muddied but uh his official stats um did not have the rushing prowess that chad henny did two rushing attempts for minus three rushing yards in the game now i believe that (laughs) bernie could not run all i know is he was a catholic i remember saint christopher and i remember his sidearm sidearm uh motion with the quarterback but yeah he was good for bernie he he was at the right place at the right time. Got a Super Bowl ring, and the rest is history. That's right. Um, well, this was fun. Um, sorry, everybody, about Bear. He finally calmed down. I didn't down. Even hear it. what. Who's Bear? I didn't, I didn't hear any. That's true. Uh, he did chill out finally, <laughs> thankfully. Uh, Tony, um, but right, last thing, um, who, who's going to the Super Bowl? You got Bucks, Packers, and let's. I think we both agree if, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play, obviously the Bills are winning. But let's assume Patrick plays. Hard to say 100% health, so qualify that how you want. But who's going to the Super Bowl in the NFC, the AFC? You know what? I'm going with both visiting teams. I'm going with the Buccaneers and, uh, and the Bills. Okay. I'm going Packers, Bills. So we're, we're a little bit copacetic there. Yeah, I think maybe it's just more – I mean, Tom Brady, wouldn't it just be a fascinating story if he goes with this back to the Super Bowl – I, I don't, I'd like to see the Packers win because I, I, I love I love all four of these teams. So um, I, I got to go with one underdog. And I think obviously the Buccaneers, uh, they're going right. to be uh, they're going to be an underdog, not by much. But I think it's going to be a tremendous game. I do think it would be cool if the Bills, you know, like the first year that Tom Brady leaves the AFC East, they finally break through, have their success only to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, that would be kind of funny. Um, so, you know, we'll see if that But, you know, the question is the, the concussion protocol. When are they going to make the decision if he clears it? I mean, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be – that's going to be interesting to see what the line is. I mean, it's going to go – it's going to seesaw. Right. If Pac Mahomes is not available, obviously the Bills are my favorite. But it should be a tremendous game. Sounds good. Well, uh, hey, they said that about Nick Foles. <laughs> that's true. Um, we'll be back here next Tuesday to talk about it. Everybody have a great week. This was the 750.